<laughs> I've got all these books. Thank you, Jesus. I love the word. I love the word. It is powerful. The word is powerful. It has the ability to change us, to transform us, to correct us, to instruct us. It does. It has the power. Thank you, Father. I'm going to just review a little bit. Um, Last Wednesday, we heard that Jesus came to get our eyesight back on how we're supposed to live and walk. Right, Eric? That was good. Allow the words of God to penetrate our unbelief and just believe God. Hallelujah. He talked about where they went into the promised land and there it says, we saw the giants and we were like grasshoppers in our sight and their sight. Hmm. We had to remind ourselves that we are the righteousness of God and what God says about me is truth. Hallelujah. And we heard that we're not struggling. The thing that's trying to come on us is struggling with us, right? Right believing will produce right living. I didn't ask you for results. I asked you to believe is what God said. Isn't that good? And then we heard from Captain Rex or Brandon. He talked about pursuing God's plan for your life instead of your passion. He talked about Leah and Jacob and Rachel, if y'all remember that. And he said that if you pursue God's plan for your life instead of your passion, you'll fulfill his purpose, which will always, always include your passion or your heart's desire. That was good, right? And then we've heard that from Pastor Justin. (laughs) We've heard that God wants to be known, right? He wants us to know him. Hebrews 8, 9 through 11, God's heart is for us to know him. Amen. And through these times of of, um, Wednesday nights, these miracle Wednesday nights, these are times to make you hungry to know him. Not just through someone else, but to know him personally. Amen. So tonight, um, we're going to talk about walking with God. I heard a couple of months ago, get your fight on. And I thought, you know, Lord, what does that mean? I, I can fight. I like to fight. I like to fight because I know I can win. I know I can win. I know who's on the inside of me. I know that the task that he puts in front of me is not going to be greater than the power that's on the inside of me. I just know that. Right, not us. And we're going to talk about who we actually fight. But but I heard, get your fight on. And I asked him, what does that mean? And, And he was talking about spending time with him, walking with him. Get your fight on. There's going to be things that are going to come at you that are going to try to keep you from spending time with him, right? Um, so as I was studying, because I found out I was teaching a long time ago, because pastor had all the Wednesdays already mapped out, 
and actually I wasn't supposed to teach until next week. So um, I heard, get your fight on, walk with me to stay strong. So we're going to talk about walking with God to stay strong. Walking with me means, he said, well, the other thing I heard was pray at all times. And I thought, what does that mean, pray at all times? Um, Ephesians 6.18 says, praying at all times in the spirit with all manner of prayer. Now, prayer is just communion or communing with God, keeping the lines constantly open, right? You can't be united or one with anyone if you're not talking with them, right? So walking with God also means being united with him. Can you say that? Being united with him. Do y'all know what being united means? What does being united means? It means thinking the same thing, going in the same direction. It sounds like walking with God, right? I think we've heard it from several people. If you're walking with God, you're united with him. You're pretty much walking in the same direction, right? Okay, so in order to be united with God, you've got to keep the communication lines open. You've got to get your fight on to pray and spend time with him. Um, 1 Corinthians six seventeen it says, but the person who is united to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Together in fellowship, walking in step, loving what he loves and whomever he loves and hating what he hates. What does God hate? I like to, um, the Lord gave me a, a message years ago on peas and he showed me all the pea. I told him all the pea things that I liked. And he told me all the P words that he liked. And one of his favorite words is people. And the word that starts with a P, and I know this is silly because all languages, you know, are different and they don't all start with P. But he said the one thing that he hates is pride. Because it keeps people from him. He hates sin. He hates lies. He hates the enemy. He doesn't hate people. How many of y'all know our fight is not against people, but it's against defeated principalities and powers. All right? So we're to love what he loves, hate what he hates, become one with him. Walking with God is what a word that's called kononia or having fellowship with him. It means intermingled or intertwined where you can't tell where one ends and the other begins. Okay? So if this is unity with him, God, our Father, then what does unity with one another look like? I want us to go to Romans chapter 12. Woohoo! The Word! Yes! Thank you, Father. Romans 12, verse 9. It says, Let your love be sincere, a real thing. Hate what is evil. Okay? But hold fast to that which is good. Verse 10, love one another with brotherly affection, giving precedence and showing honor to one another. No, you get the big piece of pie. No, you go first. Does that sound familiar? Do you all say that? Yes, we do, right? You get the bigger piece. Verse 11. I'm learning. We're, we're doing this. We're walking together to be unified with God, to be like God. Woo! Verse 11. Never lagging in zeal and in earnest endeavor, 
Be aglow and burning with the Spirit, serving the Lord. How do we serve the Lord? By loving one another. Okay? Verse 12. Rejoice and exult in hope. Be steadfast and patient in suffering. Patient. That's, that's a good word. Patient in suffering and tribulation. Be constant in prayer. And I wrote on the side, be the answer to someone's prayer. How about that? That sounds good, right? That sounds like being in unity with God, walking with God. Verse 13, contribute to the needs of God's people, sharing in the necessities of the saints. Pursue the practice of hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. What? Yeah. Bless those who persecute you, who are cruel in their attitude towards you. Bless and do not curse them. This is heavy stuff already. I'm sorry, but no, I'm not. Not sorry. Okay, verse 15. This is the Lord talking to us. Rejoice with those who rejoice, sharing others' joy, and weep with those who weep, sharing others' grief. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, snobbish, high-minded, exclusive, but readily adjust yourself, readily adjust yourself to people, things, and give yourself to humble tasks. Never overestimate yourself or be wise in your own conceits. Repay no one evil for evil, but take thought for what is honest and proper and noble, aiming to be above reproach in the sight of everyone. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave the way open for God's wrath. Do you know that if you do it, he can't? It's the truth. If you try to avenge yourself and get your get back at somebody, then God can't help you. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Woo, okay, I'm done. Amen. Just kidding. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> if we're going to walk with him to stay strong, then we need to walk with each other to stay strong, right? Okay, so walking with God will strengthen you. It'll change you. When you wait, that word wait... Let's look at um, Psalms 27, 14 real quick. Psalms 27, 14. I'm, gi- I'm giving you all these, these nice words. Be patient and wait and love your enemy. Now, <laughs> Psalms 27, 14. It says, wait and hope for and expect the Lord. Be brave and of good courage and let your hearts be stout and enduring. That word stout means let your heart be strong and enduring. Yes, wait for and hope for and expect the Lord. That word wait means to be strong and robust. It actually means to bind together like a rope, to twist, to look patiently upon expecting. So Psalms 27, 14, it says, wait and hope for the Lord. Let your heart be strong and enduring. Have faith and don't despair is what some other translation says. Be brave and courageous. Okay, now let's go to Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40, lots of scripture. Hallelujah. Isaiah 40, where are you? Okay, here we go. That's the good one. I love this scripture. This verse, Isaiah 40, we're looking at 29. He said, it says, he gives power to the faint or the weak and weary. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. 
causing it to multiply and making it to abound. How many of y'all want to be strong? I want to be strong. So walking with God, staying in him will make me strong. Sometimes I have to wait, wait on him. It says, even youth shall faint and be weary and select young men shall feeble, feebly stumble and, and fall exhausted. I'm no longer a youth. You're no longer a youth. Hallelujah. We know how to wait on the Lord. Verse 31. But those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in him. We always miss this part. It says, shall change. Shall cha-. We always say, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. But we always forget that part that says, shall change and renew their strength and power. They shall lift their wings and mount up close to God. Obviously, we can't fly, but we can walk closer to God. Amen. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint or become tired. Hallelujah. So waiting is actually trusting God, trusting him to change you. Amen. To be made strong. Waiting also means to look away from all that distracts you from keeping your eye on the one you're walking with. Sometimes you need to look away from yourself the most. All right. And you need to Keep your eye on Jesus. I want us to go to Hebrews 12. Look at Hebrews 12. It says, okay, now when you get weary and you're waiting on the Lord, this is what you need to do. You need to look away from all the things that are distracting you, okay? All the trouble, all the things that are getting in the way, most of the time it's going to be yourself. And I want you to focus on Jesus. Look on him. I want you, let's read Hebrews 12, verse 3. It says, Just think of him who endured from sinners such grievous opposition and bitter hostility against himself. Reckon up and consider it all in comparison with your trials. I'm reading out of the Amplified. Oh, say, okay, so in comparison to what you're going through, I want you to think about him who endured so that you may not grow weary or exhausted, losing heart and relaxing and fainting in your minds or your hearts. If you're fainting, it's because you're weak, right? Okay, so what will make me strong? If I look to him, if I wait on the Lord expectantly, I will be made strong. Think and focus on him. Amen. Who are you with? We heard that also. Who are you with? Don't ignore him on this walk. Think and focus on him while you wait. Matthew 11, 29, Jesus says, All you who are weary, that means tired or weak and heavy laden, take my yoke upon you, Jesus said. My yoke is easy. It fits. It's made for you so you can walk with me. Learn from me, operate in my strength, do things in my strength. Now, that word heavy laden, I was studying this out, and what it means is that you're wearing a backpack as a soldier would wear a backpack that was full of things that he needed for the war or what was up ahead, the road that was up ahead. And he only would pack what he knew however long his road was, okay, and what he needed. So that's what Jesus is saying. He says, you're weary and you're heavy laden, so take my yoke upon you. I know how long this road is going to be, and I know what you're going to need. You're going to need me. 
You're going to need me. Do you know what a yoke is? Have you ever seen an oxen that's hooked on to somebody else? I mean, it's like, who's doing all the work if we're yoked to Jesus? He's doing all the work. And that's what that means. Be yoked with me. Learn from me. Operate in my strength and my ability. No more toiling and being desperate through your own strength and your ability. Stop packing your own backpack, basically. Okay? Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. We heard that. Okay, so how many of y'all have ever watched a, a cocoon or a butterfly come out of a cocoon? How important is waiting? How important is waiting? The value and the purpose of the wait. <laughs> how many of y'all have ever prayed for something and waited? Everybody, right? It's like, oh, when is this going to happen? Well, I read a story, and I know y'all have read the story too, about a butterfly who's struggling to come out. Okay, and the person who's watching it struggle. We used to do this in in uh, the preschool. We used to order um, I don't know what they're the little worms that would eat larva. Was it larva? And they would eat the maple leaves. They'd eat and eat and eat. Munch 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 munch. Addie has a book that's called that. Munch 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 munch. And then he he turns into a cocoon. And then you watch it as it tries to come out of the cocoon. And you're, I mean, like, it's really, it's really gross, actually. It's really nasty. But you're, like, watching him, and he's struggling, and he's struggling. And this one guy who was watching it, he thought, I'm going to help this butterfly out. And you know what he did? He cut it open. And the butterfly did come out. But it eventually died. Because that struggle, that part of coming out of the cocoon, causes the blood to go to every part of his wing so that he can be what he's created to be and fly. And a lot of times we think, what does waiting have to do with this? Because trust me, as I was studying this and he showed me the scriptures on waiting, I'm like, no, scratch that out. Not doing that one. No, not that one. But it seemed like everyone I went to has talked about waiting, waiting on the Lord, waiting. Well... And I knew that the Lord was showing me about being unified with him. I want us to look at Psalms 133. And some of us who've been teaching on Wednesday nights have already read this scripture, but this is new to me. This is something I've been, I've been meditating on for a year or so. This scripture, um, Psalms over here, Psalms 133, it says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity, in agreement, walking together, right? One, of one mind going in the same direction. How pleasant it is. How many of y'all have ever been somewhere where there is no unity? How pleasant is that? Not. Okay, verse 2. It says, It is like the precious ointment poured on the head that ran down the beard, even the beard of Aaron, that came down upon the collar and skirts of his garment. Look at verse 3. This is where we're going to concentrate on for just a second. It says, It is like the dew of lofty Mount Hermon and the dew that comes on the hills of Zion. And it says, For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. Even life forevermore. I studied do. I asked, 
I'll get to that in a second. I studied dew and how dew happens. Do you all know what dew is? And I'm not talking about mountain dew, because if you Google dew, everything about mountain dew comes up. And I'm like, no, not that kind of dew. Apparently, it's a weather thing. And obviously, it's when the, the earth or the ground starts to cool off and the night air is cool and it touches the ground it produces the dew on the grass, right? It's kind of like if if I had a, a glass of, you know, in the summertime, especially in Texas, if you get an, a glass of iced tea with ice and you go outside and sit on your porch, what immediately is going to happen? There's going to be condensation all over. It's going to start, There's that's like dew. So I was looking also at a, at a, a commentary, and this is really interesting. It says that... The blessing of God is his, I, I can't remember if I wrote this or he wrote this, but I'm going to get to what he wrote for sure because I underlined it. It says, the blessing of God, his love and his peace his pow- and his power is like the numerous abundant drops of dew cooling the air. And this is what he said. It refreshes the hardened earth or our hearts because isn't that what water does to ground? It softens it. So it says those drops of dew soften the hardened earth or our hearts to receive the good seed of the word and make it fruitful. Isn't that good? Let the dew cool off your own passions, your own thoughts. I wrote that. Your mindsets and ideas. As you're purposing to become one with God and each other. Being unified with him where he can command his blessing. So a lot of times I wonder if the waiting isn't just so that that ground continues to get softened as we are becoming one with him, where that dew comes. And, you know, I asked a a rancher, I said, there was a, a gentleman who was in our ministerial association. I think I asked him two years ago, right? I think it was two years ago. I said, how important is dew? And he said, it's essential. It's life or death to my cattle and to, to my animals if, if there's no dew because they'll eat that grass and that it, it refreshes them. So it's essential. It's the blessing of the Lord, basically. Hallelujah. So walking with God will strengthen us. Amen? It'll strengthen us as we're becoming one with him um, because I've continually stayed in his presence. I brought these two rocks out. How many of y'all know when you're in God's presence, you're not only exposed to his goodness, but you're exposed to his love continually? This is me. This was me. And as I remained and stayed in his presence, I became like this. And made stronger. Made stronger. Amen. How many of y'all have ever gone through some difficult situations where you thought, there is absolutely no way I'm going to make it through this? Either somebody's going to get hurt, it's not going to be me, because I'm going to hurt somebody. Have you ever been there? Okay, so that was, this is me. I just said it. That was me. This is me now. (laughs) In faith, this is me now. Because I continually stayed in his presence, in the presence of love. I was changed. I was changed. I was changed. I was changed to do the same for others, to be that for others. I love the scripture. I've said it before. First John three, one, it says, consider the manner of love the father has given unto us. 
Consider the manner, the way, the way he loves. Do we love like that? Do you love like God loves? You know, working in the daycare, there's nothing that gets a mother madder or a grandmother madder when they come and pick up their child and their child's been bit. Right? All the grandmas in here. Because it's like, I mean, it's like, tell me what child it was. They just want to know who bit my, who bit my grandson? Who bit my grandson? And it's like, I'm not going to tell you because you'll go in there and bite that child. No, you're not doing it. And they really, they would get so mad. So we lose. I mean, it's, it's like we're walking with God. We're walking in unity with him, loving everything. He loves his people until my child gets bit. Right. And then you're like, God, you stand right here and I'm going to be right over here just real quick. And then I'll come right back. How many of y'all ever done that? Yeah. Or, you know, say something bad about my child. I mean, like mama bear, mama bear, mama bear comes out, right? Okay. So, but I've stayed <laughs> me then <laughs> me now. Ooh, so smooth. This won't leave as much of a mark as this one will when I throw it at you. <laughs> I'm not throwing rocks. Okay. Um, there was a, this actually started a long time ago. I, I, um, worked at, uh, Baskin Robbins and I'm going to say it cause I always say it when they had the most hideous uniforms, but, um, when we wore the pom-poms on the hat, the brown hat and the stripes and, oh, it was disgusting. But, um, I worked at Baskin Robbins for about two or three years, and I, um, first I had a really nice boss. She was a Christian. She loved the Lord. Her name, Debbie Weisel. Weisel? Debbie. Anyway, then I got Mr. Rogers, and he was not like the Mr. Rogers that I loved growing up. This man was mean. He hated everybody. He hated God, especially he hated God. And I'm talking about walking with God, Staying with him in order to be strong, to be strong. And you don't know how strong you are until you actually face something hot, something, a struggle. You know what I mean? You don't know how strong you are. And he, he had his wife and I, she, she taught me how to decorate the ice cream cakes. So I spent a lot of time with her and she was from Mexico. And, um, I mean, I was, I think I was. 15 or 16 years old. I think it was 15 because I worked there till I was 18 when I left to go to college. But um, I started telling her about Jesus and she only spoke Spanish and I didn't speak very well Spanish, but I knew it was the anointing. I knew it was the Holy Ghost. So I would start telling her about Jesus. Well, she went home and she told her husband, well, the next day he got in my face, in my face. I, I mean, and he was mean. I mean, he cussed me out. He told me, don't ever talk about God to my wife. Um, And I thought, you know, the Lord showed me this a long time ago. Usually when somebody is mean and hateful, it's usually because something happened to them. You know, I mean, and that was the Holy Ghost. That was not me. I didn't, but I thought to myself, what happened? Why are you so angry? But I mean, he cussed me out. And yes, I'm not going to lie. It made me cry, but I was strong. I was strong in the Lord. It wasn't in myself. You know, but, um, 
But I still kept doing it. I still kept listening to the Lord, and the Lord said, keep telling her about Jesus. So I did. I kept telling her about Jesus, and he'd yell at me again. He never would fire me. He didn't fire me because I was a good worker. I came in early. I stayed late, and that place was clean. I mean, I did everything with excellence. I, you know, I, I honored God. I wanted to be his example, you know. And um, long story short, she... she came to know the Lord. She got saved. And I went off to college. And some of y'all have heard this story before, but um, I, I told him I was praying for him too. Eventually, he just stopped yelling at me and getting mad at me. And I went off to college. And by the time I came back in November, he called me at my house just to tell me that he'd gotten saved. You know? And then... And I've got to tell you this other story because this lady, I worked for her whenever um, I was working two jobs. I was working here and I was working at Dillard's in Arlington. And talk about walking with God and waiting on him. I I got another boss. Her name was Sandy. And um, she was mean. She was hateful. And she found out that I was a Christian early on. She'd already found out I I was a Christian. And she was a big lady. I mean, a big, tall lady. And she put her hand down and she said, I never want to hear you talk about God in this office. Ever. I heard you're a Christian, and that's fine. But don't ever talk about God in this office. I'm like, cool. I, I did. I did. I did talk about God. Not to her. I didn't to her. <laughs> um, I worked at her desk. I prayed over her desk. I cleaned her desk. I cleaned her desk. I, I, it was spotless. I mean, I would dust everything and clean everything, and I did, I did a good job for her. Um, and I worked for her for, I think, what, three years, um, working two jobs, working two jobs, working for her. And I remember walking up to that office, walking up to that mall in Arlington, walking up and just going, I'm walking with you, Lord. I'm doing this for you. I'm walking with you, Lord. You're teaching me. You're changing me. I'm, I'm a good worker. I love my job. I love my job. You gave me this job. Um, I love Sandy. I love Sandy. <laughs> and, and then sometimes I'd walk in there and she'd be in there and I'd be, hi, Sandy. And she just looked at me. Um, Mr. Rogers had been hurt. I found out later he his wife had left him. She he'd run she ran off with somebody else. And so he went to Mexico and found somebody to marry him and would never let her speak English and brought her back to America so she wouldn't find anybody. That's why he was angry. Sandy Dillard Sandy. Um she was raised in an orphanage in Chicago. And um Her mother abandoned her. She never knew her father. By the time I finished working there, it was was one of our, in fact, I think it was our last night, we were back at that desk where she had slammed her hand down and said, don't ever talk about God. She, She looked at me and she said, I've been watching you these last three years. And she said, um, you're strong. There's something about you. I've seen you go through all kinds of things and there's a strength in you and it speaks about your God. She said, I want you to know that because I've been watching you and I've seen that you've not 
um, given in to the things that you've gone through and you've remained the same. I started watching that smiley preacher on TV. <laughs> Who's that smiley preacher? Joel Osteen. She's like, I started watching that smiley preacher on TV. And he's pretty good. So, I mean, she's on the road. I don't know if she ever got saved. She never said she got saved. But isn't that amazing? But, but here's the thing is that you're going to be watched. Your walk with God. People are watching your walk with God. Your unity with the Father is evident. It's evident. Your unity with others is evident. Okay? We're going to be called to love the unlovable. We're going to need to be strong to be to love the unlovable or the seemingly rude, you know? But I want you to, to know when you're walking with God, you're hearing with his ears, you're, you're to see them with his eyes, okay? You need to hear with, with his heart and understand there's something happening. What's, what's going on, you know? Amen. Pray for them. Pray for them. That's what the word says is to pray for them. We draw strength from the one we walk with. His blessing is commanded upon me in my situation. The due, life, is part of that blessing. Whenever I'm in unity with God and unity with his people, I'm able to receive the living, powerful word of God in my heart that will leave me the same? No. It'll change me and grow me and strengthen me and make me a better lover of people, a better lover of God. Amen. The word does defeating my enemy. This is why, and it's so funny because I had, I had thought about this and last Sunday, um, Drew mentioned this, that he'd, he'd gotten a vision of this, but this is how Jesus could ride in victoriously through the city before his crucifixion, not because of his outward strength, because of the inward strength, because he walked with God, because he loved people. Because he loved like the father loved. He was victorious. Victorious, even before anything had ever happened to him. Now, this, this last couple of, of weeks, I've started walking with Addie to school. And I was reminded of my grandfather. Whenever I was in kindergarten, he used to walk with me to school every morning. Um, when I was in kindergarten through first grade, he'd walk, he'd hold my hand. And, and I was just a little thing, and half Addie's size actually now. And he'd walk me to school, and then after school, he'd stand on the other side of the bridge. There was a, there was a creek, which seemed like a humongous chasm. I mean, it, looked, it felt like it was huge, but it probably wasn't that big. But there was a bridge that went over the creek, and he would stand right at the bridge and wait for me. And I remember how I sensed his love and his protection as I held his hand. You know, his strong hand. And it was so cool because the kids that would bully me at school would just pass right by me. <laughs> they wouldn't say anything. They'd see my grandfather, and they would just keep walking the other way. Um, I felt like I was more than a conqueror with him by my side. I was victorious before I ever faced any opposition. I was victorious before any difficulty ever came my way. Fully confident in myself, in my strength, no, but in the love of the one that I walked beside. Who are you walking with tonight? And who is your strength? So walking with God means being 
unified with him and each other. It means walking in his love. And as a result, according to Psalms 133 and Genesis 11:6, that says that if we are united, we will walk in his, well, Psalms 133 says we'll walk in his blessing, but Genesis 11:6 says nothing will be impossible to us. Isn't that good? That's so good. When we're in unity, his glory is present. Amen? Dew doesn't occur when the air is dry. (laughs) There's no water in that air to make it produce the dew on the ground. Okay? I really feel like the dew is his glory. It's his blessing that softens our hearts to receive his word, more of him. Have you ever thought that you can't go through another hardship? You think, oh my goodness, I can't do this again. Has anybody ever been there? You know, if you don't think you can handle another hardship, you're pretty much defeated before you get started. My Bible says that his mercies are new every morning. And his mercy means he prepares us for what's up ahead. Holy Spirit knows. And his kindness gets us ready. So get ready. Walk with him. Know his word. Know him. Think his thoughts to get strong and stay strong. Being ready for anything is what the word says. Even waiting in left field. Yes, I made a sports reference. Did anybody hear that? A sport. I played softball. I played softball. Left field. Way out there. I get out there. I get out there and they go, no, further. Go way back there. I am chosen by God and picked by him. I've read the word. I'm on the winning team. It doesn't matter. But I remember being out there, and I remember how they would tell us to be. They'd tell us to do this. Am I right? Why do you do this? Because you're ready. You're ready for anything. You've got your hands down, and you're waiting. Did the ball ever come to left field? Not hardly. And if it did, I didn't touch it. (laughs) But I looked ready. I looked good. I was strong. I was, I was strong. I was ready. I'd rather stay strong than be controlled by emergencies. And staying strong is walking with him. You may feel like there's nothing happening. I mean, it's like, why do I need to stay walking with him or being in the word and waiting on the Lord? It's like, you know, but how many of y'all have ever responded or reacted? Not in God's love. And now you've got an emergency on your hands. And now you've got to fix everything. <laughs> Has that ever happened to anybody else besides me? It's like, oh, it's so much easier if I had just walked with God, stayed unified with him and his people, and then I wouldn't have an emergency because I wouldn't have to, you know, fix what I broke. Maintenance. Maintenance is our responsibility. And I, and I don't, I, I don't want to use, I know it, it sounds kind of crude to say maintenance is walking with God, but it kind of is. It's hearing and obeying God, hearing and obeying God, staying in the word, staying in the word. How many of y'all change your oil in your car or get somebody else to change the oil in your car? Okay. Changing your oil regularly is to prolong the life of your engine in order for it to run at its optimum level, right? I wrote that all by myself. I knew that. Now, I've changed, well, I've taken to get it changed. What does it look like in us? 
What does maintenance or changing the oil in our engine, engine look like? It looks like staying in God's love. It looks like walking with him. Am I right? Okay. And loving those who don't love us back. Didn't God do that for us? Okay. Yeah, I think he did. So God wants us strong and stable in our minds and in our spirit. That means a smile on our face, even when we're facing easy things or difficult things. There's a place in him that we are to stay. All right. Paul said to know him and the power of his resurrection is to be lifted out from among the dead. Hallelujah. If you know the power, if you know him and the power of his resurrection, that means something that was dead is now alive. So that means I can be lifted out from among the dead. So rise above it. I don't want to act like I don't know him. And I don't want to act like I'm not walking with him. We're no longer dead. Stop acting like that. We have the living God on the inside of us. So we can be facing pain and turmoil and problems and still minister to people and love people. I mean, seriously, we can't walk around going, well, I'm going through something right now. So too bad. No, I want us to look at, go to first Samuel 30, just real quick. First Samuel 30. We like first Samuel 30. I take it. Okay. David, after the battle, the enemies had raided their things and burned everything down. I'm just going to tell you real quick. Their wives were taken. I want you to look at verse 4. It says that he was greatly distressed and wept bitterly. But look at verse 6. David was greatly distressed for the men spoke of stoning him because the souls of them all were bitterly grieved, each man for his sons and daughters. But David encouraged and strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. Isn't that good? The minute we have problems or we've waited too long for our answer, because sometimes that's a problem for some of us, if things don't happen on our timeline, how many of y'all get really upset? Okay. So the minute we have problems or we've waited too long for an answer, we're ready to give up and we start falling apart, right? The moments we, the moment we have problems, we don't need to go to the phone. We need to go to the throne. Okay. We need to start looking for an answer or getting, trying to get sympathy from somebody. We are strong in the Lord. We are strong in the Lord. Say it to yourself. I was going to bring a mirror. Look at yourself and say, I'm strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do this. And the reason I'm going to do this is because I'm going to be there for somebody else to get them through this too. Amen. Um, Ephesians 6. Let's go to Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6, verse 10. And it says in conclusion, but I'm not in conclusion yet. <laughs> Ephesians 6, 10. It really does say it in my Bible. It says in conclusion. It says, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with him, through your walk with him. Draw your strength from him. That strength which is boundless, which his boundless might provides. Put on God's whole armor. Christ supplied that armor. It says the armor of a heavy armed soldier, which God supplies, that you may be able successfully to stand up against all the strategies and the deceits of the devil. 
We can do it. We are boundless. We are mighty in him, ready for anything. We already know we have the victory before we have the problem. We are more than a conqueror. Knowing who I am in Christ, I am victorious. Walking with him, going through troubles, but still helping and loving others through it, that's victory. That's winning. That's just saying, I'm not going to let the devil defeat me. Hallelujah. When we're able to go through troubles, but are still helping and loving others, that's victory and that's winning. Um, so we know that walking with God is communion or communication. Um, have y'all ever walked through sand? Have y'all ever ran in sand? That's hard. Isn't it hard? But hardships are like walking in sand. You know, you're strengthened as you keep going in him. You're strengthened. You're made stronger. Um, John sixteen thirty three. Jesus says, I've told you these things so that in me you will have perfect peace. You're going to have troubles. How many of y'all know you're going to have troubles if you live in this world? I want us to look at Paul's strength in 2 Timothy 4.16. It says, and I'll just read it. It says, at my first trial, no one supported me as an advocate or stood with me, but they all deserted me. May it not be counted against them by God, King James says. Or the Amplified said, but King James says, I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Listen, nobody showed up to support him. And immediately, quickly, his response was, may it not be counted against them by God. I pray that God may not lay it against their charge. Paul still thought of others. Even the ones who had, what, deserted him and responded in God's strength from inside himself by loving them and praying for them. Proverbs 18, 14 says, the strong spirit of a man, what? Sustains him. In bodily pain or trouble, but a weak and broken spirit, who can raise up or bear? That word sustains means will keep you from falling in despair, will keep you alive. Have you ever faced something you weren't sure you were going to get through, but God? Yeah. And it's that strong spirit. It doesn't do you any good to be strong on the outside of your weak inside. Not walking with God, not unified and one with him and his people through his love will make us weak if we're not in him, walking with him. Um, Psalms twenty-seven fourteen talks about waiting on the Lord. It says, be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. And he says it again, wait, I say, <laughs> on the Lord, Wait. To, we, to wait is to rest in expectation, to be ready, to be made fortified. The literal meaning means to bind together like a cord, a twisting, a weaving. Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 4.12 talks about that there's strength in numbers, right? You can't win without him. Say, I can't win without him. I can't win without him. Say it. I can't win without him. I can't. You can't. Listen, when we're together in unity, we're properly positioned to be strengthened. Let me say it again. When we're together in unity, we're properly positioned to be strengthened. Amen? 
And I'm determining that as I wait, I'm going to make my rope stronger by keeping my focus on him. I'll stay alert and sober. I will study my Bible. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against thee. I will be in unity with the people in my church. I'll attend church. The word says in Hebrews 10.25. What does it say? Do you all know that one? Do not forsake the assembling together. And now we know if you've heard Pastor Justin never teach on that scripture, you can assemble. But together means to be unified. What am I doing? Okay. So I'll attend church regularly. I'll learn from Christian friends. Proverbs 13.20. Every joint supplies, so we're going to love people. He who walks with wise men will be wise. I'll tell others about my faith in Jesus Christ. Mark 16, 15, going into all the world, preaching Jesus. I will be about my father's business, fulfilling my assignment. Amen. While I wait, while I wait, I'm making my rope stronger. Because waiting is twisting, it's binding together. Walking with God or walking with Jesus is walking or being like or having his ways or his nature. Loving like him. Amen. Being strengthened for the task ahead. I can do all things. I can be ready for anything. Amen. And I also want to encourage you. Last thing. It's from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7. It talks about the wisdom of God. When you walk with God in Christ, all things will be revealed to you according to this scripture. It says, the wisdom of God, once hidden, is now revealed to us by God. It says, to us, God has unveiled and revealed through his spirit. Amen. You will have the wisdom of God when you walk with him. Because you'll be in communion with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit knows everything. Amen. So tonight, my goal, I want to tell you what my goal is, and I want it to be our goal, is to become a walking, living epistle. Do you all know what an epistle is? It's a letter. I want to be, and I've said this before, a living love letter from God to the world. A living epistle, a letter of God's love, the work of Christ. I want to influence greatly everywhere I go and sometimes use words. I want to influence greatly everywhere I go and sometimes use words. What am I saying? I'm saying talk is cheap. I'm saying walk the talk. Show me who you walk with and how you love and how strong you are by the way you react and respond to life situations. You want to know if someone's walking with God? Just watch them as they deal with somebody who hates them. I mean, it's, it was the, the most ridiculous thing in high school, you guys, even in, in junior high, because I, I, I was a Christian. I was a radical Christian from the time I was really little. And I didn't know much. I wasn't mature. So I made, you know, some people mad because I just knew the word and I wanted to just give people the word and just blast it out there. And people were like, you're rude, you know? It's like, and, and until I, I waited on him, I stayed with God and learned how to love. I was like this coming at you. You know, that's not nice. But um, there was a girl, oh my goodness, all through high school who hated me. Actually, there were several girls. And, you know, there were. And it's like, what did I do? I didn't do anything. I, I didn't think I did. But 
and they would come by me and they'd call me names or they'd push or they'd come to the door and want to fight me or whatever at, in class and stuff. And, and I remember um, what the Lord told me to say. <laughs> so every time I passed them down the hall and they'd call me names and want to fight me and all this silly stuff, I'd say, they'd say the word and I'd go, I love you and God loves you. But I love you and God loves you. And they'd be like, you're weird. And so they'd walk on. But they, I mean, every football game, every, every, everything, anytime I ever saw them, I was bullied. I was, you know, they were, they'd call me names and, and, but I responded with, I love you and God loves you. I love you and God loves you. Now, hey, this is how you know who people are walking with and, and if they're walking with God, if they, um, lose their luggage. Have you ever heard that before? If the, if the airline loses your luggage, Yes. Yes. Somebody, I heard that one time and I actually lost my luggage. So I had to kind of like, oh, okay, I've got to really think about what I'm saying. But you know what? Whenever I'm in, in, I determine that I'm going to respond and react to life situations, not like how I was, but how I am. God does command his blessing, you guys. God does command his blessing. And, and there's a strength, there's an ability that takes over that you think, how in the world could I have possibly gone through that? Or how in the world could I possibly go through that again? You know, I have to remember who I am. I have to remember who I'm walking with and who is my strength. He is my strength. He is my strength. I am made strong in him, in him. You know, it's in my weakness that he is made strong. But it's in my weakness that I have to just rest and rely on him. You know, there's nothing sillier than than a weak person trying to fight. I mean, can you just imagine me trying to fight Goliath with my own strength? That's pretty silly. Yeah, that would look dumb. I mean, I've tried it. It's like, you know, you get your hands off of me and you're... That's dumb. You know when I'm strong? When I just rest and walk with him. And then the blessing comes. And it's like, yeah, let me get my slingshot. Let me get my slingshot. Because wisdom comes. Wisdom comes also. Remember? Wisdom comes. David defeated his Goliath because he walked with God. Amen? So if you're determined, if this is your goal, if you want to show everyone around you, be a better representative of God's love and his grace and his mercy, please stand with me. And I just want to pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your your strength and your ability working on the inside of us. First of all, Father, I ask you to forgive us where we've walked ahead of you or we've walked behind you. Forgive us where we've actually even walked down another road away from you to satisfy ourselves, to maybe make things happen faster. Father, forgive us. I thank you for your word, your word that says that if we wait upon you, we would be changed.
we would be changed. We would be changed. I need to be changed. I need to be changed. I need to be more unified with you. I need to be more unified with others. Because I need your blessing. I need your blessing. I need what you have, which is strength. To endure, to keep going. To be about your business. Father, I don't want to walk away from you. I don't want to walk before you and I don't want to walk behind you. I want to walk with you. Praying continually, constantly talking with you, learning about you. I thank you, Father. I thank you. My heart is softened to receive your word. Let it take root in me. And bear much fruit in my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Did y'all receive that? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.